So, Munya, uh, for two years now, hard to believe, right? Holy We've been shit. Finding our way to the end of the meth, right? You know, it's been a journey, uh, man. And we finally have gotten to the maybe final crisis of American history of the 1970s, the one that we're still living through the aftermath of this completely shaped the neoliberal hell that we live in. Has created certain podcasts in the wake of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're constantly asking ourselves, is there are there new lands for the U.S. to conquer? Is there anywhere to go or will we be driven insane uh, locked, you know, in our own sort of stagnant world. And this, of course, has been made all the worse by, you know, the news of the last you know, decade or whatever about a certain rising power, China, uh, going all around the world, doing diplomacy, winning friends where America can't beat people into submission. And uh, it's it's really hit ahead this week. I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it here in a second. But one of the battlegrounds, I mean, it's a place that I think we've actually, you know, tried to, like, do some coverage of in ending the myth is Africa. Right. Mm. You know, there's there's a saying in foreign policy circles now. The future is Africa. Right. You know. Uh, by which they don't mean the people, of course. They mean the mineral reserves. Of course. <laughs> like the, right spot. the growth. Uh, <laughs> potential growth. Yeah, the potential growth of the empire is, yeah. Yeah, look at all those people willing to labor for very little, right? <laughs> uh, but all of this felt like it was going to come to naught because, once again, the dastardly Chinese have gone to Africa and have promised to build infrastructure and things like that. Uh, you know, stuff that's cheating, honestly. You know, when it comes you to winning, you can't just promise and like give people stuff, right? You can't yeah. like give them stuff in return. That's that's not fair. Promising people things that they want and might make their life better, <laughs> and then delivering is uh, that's not politics. <laughs> that's <all> not, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But it's not politics. It's complete cheating. Well, guys, I got good news for you and all our America heads out there in the crowd. Um, America just last week unleashed. A secret weapon in Africa. Uh, I have some special audio recording of the unveiling of America's new. I mean, this is essentially Oppenheimer, you know, seeing the bomb explode for the first time. Uh, this is Truman hearing about it, knowing that we we're going to win the Cold War right here. Hello, Ghana. Oh my girl. Oh yeah. I am incredibly honored to incredibly be something. with you uh-huh. here in Ghana. <laughs> That's the whole thing. What? Oh my god. Yeah, she's incredibly something. Incredibly pilled out of her mind, maybe. Like, oh my god. I'm so glad we have a Zanny VP, bro. This is representation that we really need. Like, just pilled up. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kamala Harris has been sent. She's our secret weapon. The like, yeah, the Chinese are going to build you like bridges and pipelines and things like that. Poor but, infrastructure that they've been robbed up for just their the whole existence. <laughs> but yeah, by uh, European colonization yeah, and imperialism, European colonization and neo-colonialism basically robbing them of that. And China's like stepping in and being like, yeah, we'll have like a pretty favorable, like you know, uh, you know, agreement where they'll actually deliver and build shit. Uh, and then they're like, not so fast. We got. <laughs> 
We, trust me, we got this lady who doesn't even know really where she is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like high off of just like Valium and like Xanax. I, mean, <laughs> like, I, I want to correct you there, Munya. Where she is seems to be the only thing she knew in that moment. She says it twice. It's the only thing she says. I apologize, guys. That was yeah, in yeah, complete bad faith. She absolutely stated where she was. She knew over and over. exactly where she was. And she wanted people to know that she was, you know, in Ghana. That's that's very cool. I'm sure they appreciate it. I mean, hey, look, I mean, talk about representation. She was like representing Ghana. Like, do you hear where's the recording of G saying that? <laughs> Where's anyone in the fucking like, you know, council and secretary saying that shit, right? Like, yeah, that got to be worth something. Yeah. And I mean, you know, look, we sent our most uh, stately uh, representative pilled out of her mind. Luckily, <laughs> somebody catching her by the arm as she like stumbled towards the stage to tell her. <laughs> Ghana, right? She like had it over, right? And uh, I know you guys are just dying to know how the speech went. Uh, she let it. She let the people of Africa and the people of Ghana know the United States, we're all in on Africa, which all I'm sure in. I'm sure I, he, that sounds like a threat, man. <laughs> I sure left people feeling very comfortable with the whole situation. But she then clarified, look, what we're all in on is the new era of innovation and entrepreneurship that is going to be developed in Africa. Oh, OK. Uh, so she mentions innovation many times. And then she finally finishes her speech, and I'm just going to read from the, the transcript here. Uh, I am more optimistic than I have ever been about the future and the future of the continent of Africa, and by extension, the world. Not only because the work we undertake in government, not only because of the investments in the private sector, <laughs> period, I am optimistic about the future of the world because of you, the woman who will shatter every glass ceiling. Stop. No. <laughs> the entrepreneur who will identify the next digital no. breakthrough. No. <laughs> Students and scientists, athletes and artists. Targeted microloans or some <laughs> shit, I'm sure. Farmers and fishers and the young innovators who will solve problems that we haven't yet identified with solutions we can't even yet imagine. So what <laughs> we're bringing big promises to Africa. I'm sure that's going to compete <sighs> with, you know, tangible goods like roads. <laughs> I just, well, you know, it, hard to believe it's falling apart. Diaspora Nigerian from Forbes 30 under 30 pair dropping into, you know, the motherland um, and getting rich off of microloans or having just like core like paved roads uh, that are like, you know, around maybe like, you know, power that doesn't like, you know, require a generator in your fucking home. Uh, like that doesn't go out like every fucking time. Um, yeah. Hard choice, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. China's literally yeah. sending wolf warrior mercenaries into Africa to fight off American mercenaries who are trying to take over your town's factory. All right. So look, who, who, who who's going to win this one? All right. But yeah, uh, it was incredible stuff. I, I, <laughs> I heard this account on the radio on NPR, specifically in a story about how the Biden administration is countering China's influence in Africa. And they just played that clip that everybody was like, to listen that to. That was their wow. example. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's over. It's so over. Like, come on, man. 
I mean, yeah. isn't that we we just the thing is, is like we just haven't had an actual fucking counter like force in so long to what like are like you know the Western idea of like hegemony and you know the global like imperial marketplace has really been right and so now you have china actually like offering an alternative for the first time since what it feels like the cold war um you know in a, in a real way that actually challenges the u.s not like you know with more like third world nations but um something like china which is a third world nation that um has the uh gdp and political power to actually uh go toe to toe with the u.s i just think that like you know this shit that uh Kamala was saying is like shit that you say when there's no other alternative and you can just spew out bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if there's actually an alternative that is articulated, like, oh, we'll actually like build your roads and shit. Um, and like, we'll like not basically uh, have a uh, relationship of fear of like, do this or we uh, invade you, you know, which is like yeah. kind of how we play, well, like something like- that's a little more favorable. Or in the decolonial period, when um, when the United States was sort of positioning itself rhetorically as the decolonial superpower and maybe coming to places like Ghana and saying shit like like vague shit like this that you might have believed at the time. Oh, this is this this is the nice, you know, rhetoric for the speech that's very general, but it's going to mean something. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but now everyone knows, like, there's nothing good that's going to come of any of the, that. No, right? like, and, and it's not that. inspiring yeah. either. Like, I mean, who 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 gives a shit about, like, you know, various startups when your material, very basic conditions are not met? Right. Like that, that, that sounds like nonsense, yeah. of course. And that's who she's talking to. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, um that is it's just too different like the idea of even appealing to the common people in general right uh especially in you know countries in africa is just seems so foreign that like you said brian it's like uh not allowed cheat code you can't you can't just do that because that's just too easy. <laughs> How do you talk to real estate and investment capital uh, in a way that like wins people over, like tricks people basically is like the game you're playing. You can't actually like promise people real things and follow through mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. We've already told every lie and bombed every country. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, I mean, right. like, who, yeah. who in their right mind would believe any of the shit and who would even on the face value want any of that shit either, right? Like, well, even if you take it at face value without the context on what the U.S. actually does versus what they say, why would you actually even like want what she's articulating? Like that, that's pretty funny. Well, and I guess too, like the thing that struck me, particularly with her conclusion, which you know she brought up innovation and entrepreneurs repeatedly through the speech. Is there any country in the world as brain poisoned as the United States that like any of this stuff means anything to them? Like, is there any other country in the world where you could go I'm sure there's like entrepreneurs breaking glass ceilings right over and over again? And that means something to them, like other than like, well, that's just some bullshit. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like some of that, goods, please. Some of that like <laughs> entrepreneurship, like get on your grind. Uh, stuff, you know, might uh, get some people 
up off their feet in like Nigeria, perhaps, you know, but uh, absolutely. That's what I was certain, saying. Certain like, types, uh, but but I don't uh, know. Huh. No, I mean, I'm sure that there's like, you know, Ghana and uh, Nigeria. I mean, they're they're um, economies that have are just really big in general, you know, in terms of, sure. like, you know, Africa. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of people there. And there's like, you know, a certain like educated uh, kind of like, you know, petty bourgeois class that's kind of, you know, has formed or is forming there, especially like within the diaspora who has still ties to, you know, uh, their home country that this could be really interesting towards. Like, I think the problem is with, um, I think about this a lot, honestly, and I think about this when um, in COVID, this now just be gone app called Clubhouse was around and they had this, um, you know, it was this audio app that you would kind of talk into. It was kind of like, you know, microdosing podcasting, but live. Uh, and <laughs> there was this club called the Sankara Hours. And if you know Thomas Sankara, like mm-hmm. this, like, you know, communist revolutionary. Um, and so I was like really intrigued by like what people were going to be talking about in this. Right. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like a lot of Africans in here talking about the Sankara Hours, people my age. Um but the whole time, like when they're talking about Leighton Sankara, or like they're talking about like, oh, how do we, um, how do we like, you know, get Africa to be innovative? How do we like, uh, you know, uh, have Africa be competing in like the startup space? So like they're, they're like talking like about like entrepreneur, like business mindset in the Sankara room. And I'm like, mm-hmm. What what do you guys think like Sankara was about? You know, like and like I think. <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe that's good the answer. Stuff. Maybe, good, good stuff. Maybe you know, just yeah. maybe the good. The whole they, world. Like, they like celebrate this guy, but then like they're like talking about like you know j- doing these like you know rise and grind stuff, and I'm like you know honestly what ma- what it made me realize is that in a world where there's truly no articulated alternative, like in a sense where basically capitalism won the world in a very violent way and is now the only hegemonic force in the world. Like there's now a generation of people raised in that environment where there's this weird warp of this history of revolutionary politics and decolonialization with the fact that you're growing up in a very much uh, you know, revolutionary defeated uh, environment where capitalism is the only thing. Mm-hmm. And so they were just completely viewing these people who were around like my age or even sometimes younger, you know, viewing that history with the present of, oh, well, you know, to gain wealth because it fucking sucks to be poor in Africa um, to gain wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not we gotta, a lot of fun like, here either. Doing all that. <laughs> yeah. It's also not fun like fucking here or in Europe <laughs> or in Ukraine. You know, it fucking sucks to be poor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it really sucks. Um, but if there's, if truly, if we're, you know, enough decades have passed where the cold war has won and Western hegemony has basically dominated the global economy. Right. It like creates this weird contradiction that I didn't I haven't really witnessed until then where um there's acknowledgement of like someone's existence like Sankara but then t- because there's no real um experience with these politics or like the fact that a lot of them are either dead or just you know there's it's just not really um a big thing right now um 
it kind of manifests into that logic. And so yeah, low yeah. key, like I can see where those like words are kind of appealing to, but it just like really made me think like, damn, like this is the blowback of, of the U S winning man. Yeah. It's like this shit. And, and it's like kind of hard to like, you know, once you have a whole generation of people raised up on that, that's kind of that, that that's a little hard to like unwind now because you're yeah, now like yeah. not getting raised on these revolutionary politics. The revolution got crushed a while ago well, before they I, were even born. Well, I guess it's crazy to me is that it's not just that like, oh, there's no revolutionary imagination. It's that the imagination has been totally hemmed in. And maybe this is the answer. The U.S. is like we've Americafied the world. It's been totally hemmed in by a particular type of financialized, you know, neoliberalism. Right. Because yeah. you could imagine a world where, you know, you gave that speech and everybody listening was like, Okay, but yeah, like, what are you going to do about like energy costs and the infrastructure changes we need to create the manufacturing base to have, you know, a self-sufficient, like modern economy, right? Like, none of that means anything <laughs> when you're talking about like a real, like how actual economies function, like in the world of capitalism, right? That's just some bullshit words, right? And maybe everybody's just given up on that. And we're all moving towards the final stage of purely parasitic like rent seeking. <laughs> you know? I think like, that there's like a <laughs> class of people like that. And I but and Clubhouse, it's like the worst sample size ever because this is like mm -hmm. a app that was started by like Silicon Valley like VC types and was invite only. So only people like in circles it kind of like mm -hmm. branched out. But it was like, you know, it's a specific type of person I think who would be on there in the first place, right? So I don't want to like try to make that out as like that's the zeitgeist of like you know Nigeria, or Ghana, yeah, yeah. but like certainly like it's like a there's like a small either diaspora, probably diaspora class of you know Africans who might relate to that, but you know at the same time, um, yeah, you got you. I think that even um, some African leaders saw right through. I think the U.S. like coming to Africa be like being like yeah these these are uh -huh. for their like i think like some I, I forget like who it was specifically but they just straight up said in the press conference after they like had a whole like you know the hosting the us they're like yeah this whole thing it seems like this is just for their interests and not really ours at all <laughs> like they're, they're just like <laughs> like yeah it, it's kind of obvious that like you know they're doing this for them like they say yeah. all this like you know fancy stuff about like what they can do for us but it's like very clearly like for them so you know again like that's still there it's not like i don't want to try to make this story anecdotal story out to be like representative necessarily but i think that it it is indicative that neoliberalism does mm -hmm. seep into classes of people in Africa too, right? And so, yeah, yeah. Um, and has impacts, right? Like in the third world, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just trying to lump uh, all of the Nigerian people into a stereotype of a petty <laughs> internet criminal, but yeah, all that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice.